This is McLean Mannix, and you're listening to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, here with my co-host Kevin Finkler and Austin Paschke. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good, Garrett. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's going good. Glad to be on the show. Good to hear. Nevada is coming. Nevada football is coming off a very big win over this Mountain West powerhouse, San Diego State, by a score of what, 28-24? Yeah. 28-24 uh, coming into the game. If you would, if you were to bet it, uh, the over hit in about a game time it was a pick 'em. Like the spread we we lo- uh, we alluded to on last week's show was. San Diego State minus two, and then just became a pick so dead even. So I'm glad to see Nevada came out. Some things that really stood out to me was how legit San Diego State's defense is. Nevada's defense is becoming legit. Uh, the defense pitched a second-half shutout, and Nevada just found ways to get it done. Yeah, definitely. It was great watching our defense step up. You know, I think we've seen week after week after week just them getting – better and better and better and they're definitely probably the staple of our team right now and is what is getting us these wins um unfortunately yeah San Diego State has such a great defense that you know the offense struggled did struggled a little bit there um during the game but you know we did find ways to put up points at least somehow and you know um scratch out a win here yeah Kevin you're right I mean our uh our offense was all right I mean I our running game uh, was dismal to say at best, but uh, I mean our defense, our defense definitely stepped up. Um, it got us the W for sure. I mean that second half shutout. I mean that won us the game, in my opinion. So um, our defense is looking strong again. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do next week. Yeah, and it was it was Nevada's defense that really that relied, rallied us for this victory. Forced two two turnovers. Um, and it was, it was the defense and special teams. We can't count out special teams. Quentin Conway really was the MVP of this game. He was named Mountain West Special Teams Player of the Week, deservedly so. He really set a team that runs the ball well in some horrible position. Like, he had five punts downed inside the 20, one touchback, though, and he had three two or three down inside the five-yard line with a couple of them being at the one-yard line, which ultimately resulted in a safety. And so I think that really sparks a team when you see a punter, like when you get the when the defense can uh, force the offense to make some bad play calls and just be in tough, in tough situations. I mean, yeah, field position's so important nowadays. I mean, you see that safety was a result of one of those – Terrific punts. I mean, um, I mean, it's not as good. It's not a good sign getting your punter out there so many times. But I mean, when he is out there to perform like that, it's such a boost to the team. I mean, you're, you're like you said, pinning him on the two. I think twice or on the one. That's just, it's just a, a great thing to hang your hat on. Um, it allows the defense to have great field position, and then our defense, you know, doing what they do best. Um, definitely limiting their offense. Like we said in the second half, shutting them out, but that safety and those uh, that special teams play is uh, really important. Yeah, definitely. It's basically a strategic game at that point. It's almost like you're planning out, you know, a game of risk or war. You know, there is you're setting up to do the setup. You know, you have that great um, punt that pins them down within the, their own twenty. 
there gets their defense even if they get a first down or two they even they haven't even hit midfield at that point and then your offense can get good position out of that so it's kind of it's a take two on that that you get a win-win out of it so yeah punt um punting definitely is a great thing to have unfortunately like you said austin you know it kind of sucks when we have our punter out there so much but when he can perform the way he has been performing um it's honestly a really good thing yeah and the defense the defense was key uh out so the way San Diego State's drives went this game was they got they scored on their first two possessions touchdowns. Uh, then this safety, and then they punted twice. They got a field goal. Then they got another touchdown, which put them at twenty four points. But then they were shut out uh, with they they didn't score a point from the two forty five mark in the second quarter on, which is incredibly because Nevada forced two fumbles and four punts and a turnover on downs especially with one of the top teams. We, we mentioned San Diego State. They came into this game, six-game winning streak. We know their offense wasn't very good. But looking at the first first quarter, their offense looked like they were capable. And I don't know what, what changed, but it didn't look like there were any injuries to their offense coming with, with this game. We know they had injuries before the game, but it's interesting to see how the defense adjusted Uh San Diego State just ran some a lot of play action on us. It got I don't know where Nevada's defense was in the first on the first couple drives. Like they allowed a wide open touchdown uh to the tight end. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see how Nevada's defense adjusts, especially with the bye week coming up, and then looking at a not so difficult schedule remaining when you got Colorado State at home, senior day, and then you go to San Jose State and then you go travel down south. Yeah, no, it's um, just going a little bit back there, Garrett. Um, it was definitely interesting to see how, you know, San Diego State's offense took over. So, handedly, early in the game, I was kind of really surprised. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to the game, but when I got to put the game on, I was like, ooh, they're scoring a lot. I was like, this is this was not supposed to be a high-scoring game. You know, we all of our predictions were low-scoring, and I saw them putting up 24, and I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. Um, I think it's just a little bit of our defense just needs to take those couple of, um, you know, drives to get handed in. Um, and, you know, hindsight, you know, 2020s here, um, we definitely would have rather them have, you know, those miscues early in the game than late in the game, especially with them stepping up and shutting them out. So I think, I think in retrospect, it was kind of a good thing that they had it in the first half. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they can put a complete game together coming up the next couple weeks. I think this bye week will definitely give them time to work on that. Hopefully, get the os- offense some time to you know round themselves out so we can have you know finally we can have a game where the offense and the defense play amazing like they should be playing. Oh yeah, I agree. <clears throat> uh, going back to the the first couple drives, um, yeah, I was in the stands. I was I got worried. Not, I'm not gonna lie, I got worried the first two drives. I mean equals. First two drives and they score. It was I was worried because of our defense and like we said on the show last week, I I believe that the defense was key to the game. So when they came out in the first two drives and scored, I was I was getting a little worried. But then um, yeah, after halftime, I think Norvell just kind of lit a fire under them and they definitely uh, they definitely turned it around. They were able to play you know hard, rough Nevada football defense and that's what we got to see in the second half. And, um, yeah, I, I think you're right, Kevin. Definitely, like, these next three games, I think we're going to be able to see the offense and defense clicking. 
And that's when I'm going to get really excited to see, you know, how this team could definitely perform with both of their both sides of the ball clicking. So this was a, a very monumental win for not only the program, but for players itself. Corey, I remember Corey Rush talking post game about how this was such a huge win for him uh, because this was his first time in his senior year beating San Diego State. Uh, last time they were here was in 16 when Donnell Pumphrey uh, and Rashad Penny ran all over this defense, and it was embarrassing. I remember that. Uh, and so it's it's good to see them get the win. But looking at some more uh, stats, look at the first quarter, San Diego State had the ball for 10 out of the 15 minutes. They were 4 for 4 in third down, and then something happened where they are – their time of possession just went downhill so that in the first half, they had the ball 18 minutes out of a possible 30. In the second half, they only had the ball for 12 minutes. This is what we saw against Boise State, what Boise State did to us at the end of the game. They ran the ball, they took time off the clock, and it worked. Granted, Nevada Nevada gave Boise, uh, gave San Diego State the ball a chance to drive. Granted, they don't have Aaron Rodgers back there when they tried the Hail Mary, but a win is a win. This puts our record at five and four on the season. One more win, and we become bowl eligible. Some not so positives to take a little, take a look at this is attendance: fourteen thousand five hundred uh, or so people were there. That is the lowest amount of attendance since. Brian Polian's last game. Listen to what Coach Norvell said on how to improve attendance for their next and final home game. I just think uh, this is a fun team to watch. I think we can we can score. I think our kids are playing really hard, and you know I think people eventually come out. I hope they come out the Colorado State game um, because these kids are playing for you know more stakes every week that we win, and, and we want the stakes to keep rising. So. You know, we, we appreciate the support that we have gotten, and we, we would encourage people to come out and, and support these kids. They're working awfully hard. It was, it was really interesting to see how Coach uh, brought it up in the press conference, but other, other lowlights to add. Corey Rush is out for the rest of the regular season. He led the Mountain West in tackles for loss. He broke his foot in the third quarter. He showed up to the press conference in a boot. We thought he sprained his foot. Nope, it's a, it's a full-on break. And then Adam Lopez is out indefinitely uh, with a major cardiac event. Uh, this is all reported by Chris Murray, but for Adam and Corey, we, sh- we wish you the best recovery, best speedy recovery. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely speedy recoveries, and uh, hopefully they're all right. Um, but looking ahead, that's a big blow to our defense. Corey Rush, you know, he's – He's our run stopper, you know, he, he's an animal back there. So looking ahead, I mean, yeah, we don't have as difficult a schedule anymore. I mean, we got through Fresno State, Boise State, and San Diego State. But, um, I mean, it's still a blow. It's still a blow to our team. I mean, and I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say, yeah, we are going to be playing in a bowl game, obviously. Um, we only need one more win to become eligible. But um, not having Corey Rush there might might hurt us a little bit. Um, but still, I'm I'm excited to see where the rest of the season takes us. Yeah, definitely huge blow. Um, guys, if you're listening, um, get better, get healthy as soon as you guys can. Um, 
Yeah, look into it. I'm kind of glad that, you know, we got rid of our hard games earlier in the season so we can kind of, you know, let these guys recover and maybe come back, um, especially with Rush coming back possibly for the bowl game if we end up getting that one more game. Definitely it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the next guy that steps up. Um, we talked on the show a couple weeks ago when Ganji went out that, you know, it's kind of that mentality of the next guy up. you got to have your team prepared on all levels from, you know, the first man on the roster to the very last man on the roster, you know, very last dude on the depth chart. So you have to be well-rounded as a full football team, and I think this is something we can work on in the bye week. And Thank God for the bye week coming up. But, yeah, it's basically we need to figure out who's the next guy up, who's going to step up and replace him and, you know, try to produce as much as he did and be that, you know, um, defining player on the defense for us. And statistically, uh, the defense has been better than the offense this year. And speaking speaking of the offense, there's a reason we didn't really mention them this in, when talking about this game. It is because the offense struggled mightily against a very legit defense, and there's nothing you could really do. You're not going to see another defense. The closest defense we've we've seen to this is Fresno State, but we can't really gauge the same thing because no Ty Ganji. Uh, we had Christian Solano making his first collegiate start. But looking ahead, um, I, there there is no game this week. So what are we going to do to fill this time? I sat down with the Tower of Terror, uh, Nevada Star freshman running back, Toa Tower. Please make sure. And that interview is coming up in a few minutes. Uh, it was a really fun interview. Great guy. Uh, humble guy. And I just want to talk to you guys about him before before we get into this interview. Are you so a little bit surprised that a freshman running back in a star-studded running back core of four guys is taking like taking the Mountain West by storm? Um, you know what? Not at all, Garrett. <laughs> Not at all. This guy's the real deal. I mean, if you watch him play, he doesn't go down. Like it takes three, four guys to bring this guy down. Um. Toatawa is, is an animal. We didn't see him go off this week with the rushing yards, but he he found a way to contribute again. I mean, he had that long reception for a touchdown, tiptoeing the sideline in the first half. Um, again, he had he had a couple receptions uh, to help out receiving, and I'm really excited to see the future. I mean, he's only he's a true freshman, um, so we get we get a lot more time with him, and this is just the beginning of a bright future, I think, for uh, for his career here at Nevada. Honestly, I think it kind of surprised me a little bit. I remember talking in the early weeks of, you know, the season. Um, we talked about, you know, how he was just making leaps and bounds that first couple weeks and went from, I believe, you know, third on the depth chart now to first. Um, this this guy is making amazing progress, definitely taking the Mountain West by storm. Um, and just looking at last or this past week's game, um, he did struggle a little bit running the ball, but, I mean, that was our running game in general. But he did find a way to at least contribute to the team, having that, you know, that wheel route touchdown, you know, tiptoeing down the sideline. I still don't – I can't believe that he stayed in bounds and that they didn't review that. But, hey, I'm fine with that. But it was it was amazing to see he's still contributing no matter what. He knew that, you know, maybe my run's struggling a little bit, so he probably – was like, I definitely need to get this in the end zone, you know, when he was running down the sideline. So the dude's just an all-around, you know, great football player, great athlete. Um, great that he's a freshman, and we do have um, some more years and more seasons out of him. Um, I definitely, you know, 
in that interview with you're going to see with Gary, he definitely is a very, very humble guy and just a great guy all around. Yeah, and with that being said, here's the interview. We are joined by the Tower of Terror. Tower Tower, thank you for joining us on today's show. How does it feel coming off a big win? What is the team's confidence following the the win against San Diego State? Oh, man, it's, uh, we have a uh, big confidence going into Colorado State. After being San Diego State, you know, they're a great team. Played, uh, you know, phenomenal on defense. The uh, defense was was one of the toughest, toughest defense we had to face so far in this season, but... You know, after uh, after being them uh, going into this week or going to the bye week, you know, uh, put a lot off our chest. So just looking forward to Colorado State. Speaking of the bye week, how have you? What is your assessment on the, how this team has played for this for the first three quarters of the season? Uh, you know, this this team has came a long ways. You know, from several workouts have I been here, and uh, you know, just all putting everything together and all the work that we uh, have been through and put in, uh, you know, couldn't be any more proud of these guys. Listening to post-game press conferences, Coach Norvell mentioned that you split the season up into quarters. Has this something that's been all season, like we, you divide it into like what the first three games are one quarter, the second or the second and whatnot and yeah, so forth? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we uh, – we had going on since the beginning of the season, uh, trying to win every quarter, at least have a winning record uh, going in, finishing the uh, quarter. Now coming into the what now is the fourth quarter, you guys have that winning record with a record of five and four. What do you what do you look to take out of the the final quarter? Uh, you know, just what we have planned since the beginning of the season uh, to win out. Uh, you know, just not try to take any steps backwards. So just try to keep pushing on from here. Looking at your season, you lead the team in rushes, rushing attempt, uh, rushing yards, and touchdowns. Did you expect to have this much this much success in your freshman year? Uh, no, I mean, it's a, it was a it was a goal of mine, um, you know, to make an impact. But you know, just uh, trying to get used to college football and the and the speed and you know get used to the atmosphere was uh, you know was very uh, challenging, but. Uh, I'm glad to see my progress and where I where I'm at right now. What is it like in that running back room with four four guys who are really who are all really good running backs? Um, you know, we all bring a different uh type of swag to the table. You know, um Big Kelt, he uh you know, he's really been a big impact on my running game, so is Jax. Uh, you know, coming in uh, as a new guy, freshman, you know, they really took me underneath their wing and you know, they uh showed me the ropes and, and uh you know, helped me uh, install a way better game than uh, came, coming into uh, Nevada. And, uh, you know, Tay, one of my best friends out here, you know, he, uh, you know, we, me and him talk almost every night about, you know, how we can get better and, you know, how we can improve our game. You know, so he he, uh, he brings that, that juice and uh, helps me uh, bring, bring, bring more to the table. Now, the, the offensive line has seen injuries uh, throughout the season. How has that impacted the way – the way the offense is called, and the way you guys play? Um, you know, it's, it had the ups and downs, but, you know, we, we just got to bring that same mentality every week, and uh, the guys have been working extremely hard. Now, coming into this past game against San Diego State, they're known for their rush defense. What was what was it like going through the preparation and knowing you're facing one of the top rushes, rush defense in, in the entire country? 
Man, you know, that was uh, one of the things we were uh, trying to focus on. You know, they're a very, they're very uh, sound sound defense, you know, gap control. Um, their defense, man, when going against those big old dudes, I man, hey, those guys are they're, they're, those guys are really tough. Now, coming into the game, it was also special because of the new uniforms. What was it like to find out that you guys were wearing special Nevada Day uniforms? Oh, it was very sweet, man. You know what I mean? We don't we don't have too much swagger with our uniforms, but uh, bringing a little bit more sauce to it helped us. Now, looking back at just you as a person, your brother went here. Did that influence you to come to Nevada and play the same position he did? Uh, I mean, somewhat really, but uh, you know, I just uh, besides all you know, my brother had you know little to do with my recruiting. Um, if you really like get to it, like he. He had really little to do with it, you know. I uh, I actually committed pretty early during my high school career. Just kept it underneath the table, low key. But um, yeah, my brother really had little to do with it, you know. It, it, it's 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 an honor. It's, it's it's blessing to have him up here and have my family up here, uh, right next to me while I'm going through this journey. But yeah, my brother he had a uh, little to do with it. I just came up here to make my own legacy and you know try to make a make a living out of it. Now, your brother was a part of some very special Nevada teams here. Uh, what was it like going and watching him play with Kaepernick, Rashard Matthews, Virgil Green, Brandon Marshall, and the list goes on and on? No, man, it was uh, it was awesome being able to witness you know, greatness in front of me like that, you know, uh, being able to be around all those guys and uh, see how they work and see how they, they, uh, how they treat each other in the locker room and you know, on the field, off the field, and, you know, I mean, it's something you, you don't forget, you know, as a young kid growing up loving football and uh, being around such great athletes and seeing how they play, you know, it was, a, it was kind of like a big inspiration to me. Do you ever go back and watch his old highlights to see what he did and whatnot? Uh, definitely, you know, I, I always go back and watch, you know, see how how he, he used to tote the rock, and, uh, but uh, usually... He just called me into his office, and we usually just watch film. <laughs> so that that must be cool, like seeing your brother on the coaching staff. Uh, did you before? So you obviously knew he was taking the job while you, you committed here, right? Yeah. So you you said you committed early on. Like, what what was the process behind that? Like, what did you commit? Like, right as soon as Jay Norvell took the job, or um, I actually had committed under um, the Polian era. No, I actually committed when uh, I came up on a visit with Elijah Cooks. Uh, me, I, he, I wasn't even on my visit. I was just on a visit with he was on his visit, and I just rode along with him. So and, you knew, so you knew Elijah before from from playing against each uh, other. I've, I've known Elijah since I was like six, seven years old. Me and him, me and him, and boys. But uh, yeah, I came up here on his visit. I had they had already offered me, but that's why I wanted to come up, and um, I came up. It was snowing. Yeah, you know, I loved it. You know, the guys were really cool. Got to sit down in some meetings and stuff. And uh, I actually had committed before telling my parents all that stuff. Man, it was it was crazy how it all went down. But I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I bet they weren't really surprised seeing that it's a family thing being in Nevada. But what was it like seeing your boy Elijah Cooks play play on the basketball team? Oh man, that was that was really surprising. You know, he's he's just 
a goofball, you know. I seen him out there. I'm like, man, that's that's really Elijah out there on ESPN. I see him cheering the guys on on the bench, but man, it was it was crazy seeing him being part of that squad. Now, are you, can you beat him in basketball? Oh man, he know he knows he knows what's up. He know the deal on that. So you've been coming. You've became one of the fan favorites on social media. Was how do you deal with like like people? Uh, tweeting at you after games, during games, and whatnot? Uh, you know, you just got to keep a level head uh, at it all. You know, um, growing up, I've, uh, my pops has always, my parents have always taught me, you know, to have a humble heart and uh, always keep God first. And, you know, through it all, I'll give it all to, I'll give all the glory to the Lord above. All right. Well, thank you, Toa, for joining us on today's show. Make sure to catch him on the field. Uh, just one last thing. What, uh, you want to give a message to uh, to the fans to for to show up for senior night? Oh man, uh, show up, man! These these seniors have put in so much work and love and dedication for this program. Show up, uh, support them. You know, show some love. We're gonna put on a show for you guys. All right, thank you, Tal. Most definitely. back from break thank you toa for joining us on today's show we also want to thank you guys for listening to us on whichever platform you guys may be listening to uh october was our best month when it came to social media use and listen so we got to say thank you to the audience our fans uh but with that being said uh at the time you are listening to this if you listen to this right when it comes out on wednesday we are officially six days until the start of Nevada basketball. And we've been hyping this for uh, probably like the past three weeks. Uh, this has been really exciting. And looking at, let's just, let's just look back to this past weekend when Nevada did beat San Francisco State in the throwback game. There were about 1,500 people there. So, and that's about, and that's all about what Virginia Street Gym can hold. But it was a fun game, fun atmosphere. Coaches, uh, did a spin on Run DMC with Run NEV. It was really cool. Uh, it was fun seeing uh, th- people in throwback and seeing the throwback uniforms. The coaches dress up in their throwback uh, attire. Now, Austin, I know you were there. What were you, what was your first takeaway? Well, very first takeaway when I walked in, uh, those uniforms were sick. They were so dope. Adidas did a great job. Um, but ultimately, gameplay. I was. I mean, we were down one point at halftime so the fair the first half I was uh wasn't too happy you know a lot of nail biting a lot of yeah just a lot of disappointment but the second half they did great I mean they came out um they shut them down the defense finally showed up um I think the biggest takeaway was we still need to work on our defense um I'm sure Mus knows that obviously he's probably gotten in there year already um and then our shooting our you know we were five for 27 as a team from the three-point line shooting 18%. I mean, you, you can't do that um, against really good teams and get a win. I mean, we could thankfully do that against San Francisco State, but, you know, as the season starts to pick up now, um, we're, I like like Garrett said, we're six days away. Um, so as the, the season starts picking up, we, we definitely need to find that uh, perimeter shooting. Yeah, definitely. It needs to come, and it needs to happen soon. Um, we can't take the first couple games to, you know, find our feet, and, you know, especially when we're a – top 10 ranked 
uh, you know, team in the country. There is no, you know, oh, give them some slack type thing, give them a couple games. No, you're judged right off from the first game. And when we play BYU, we really need to hit the ground running and find a way to, A, get our defense to actually step up and, B, figure out, you know, how do we start shooting like we used to shoot last year and years prior? I mean, obviously, you got to take into account, you know, we're losing big shooters like Kendall Stevens and players like that, which, I mean, that's unfortunate, but that's just something you have to adjust and do. I mean, you have to have leadership on this team. Um, the Martin Twins are putting up points, but they need to shoot better overall. I think Caleb went to something. He had terrible shooting percentages over there, and it's something, especially when you're a senior on this team, you need to start, you know, stepping up. Uh, these these guys have so much talent, and it's kind of disappointing if we're going to barely squeak out wins against San Francisco that, you know, when it comes to when we're playing, you know, Loyola and these big teams during the regular season and eventually get into the tournament that we're just going to waste it away. So hopefully we don't do that. Hopefully we take these six days to figure out what are we doing, what kind of team are we, are we going to be one of those teams that barely beats teams by a last-second shot like we did in the tournament and just have our defense complete trash, or are we going to dominate teams and prove that we are a top-five-ranked team and not just a top-10? I think Nevada's identity is definitely changing from last year. Last year they were a team that shot a lot of threes, and this year it just doesn't seem like it's going to be that key. There'll be a team that's very athletic on the offensive glass looking at what happened. Looking at the game with Trey Porter, uh, Treshawn Thurman, Jordan Brown, uh, Jordan Caroline, these are all guys who can score in the low post. But, like, looking at the team, granted, we thought the transfer to three-point shooters in these ways, Jazz Johnson, Corey Henson, would all have bigger impacts. Granted that it might be the rust from sitting out a whole year. Uh, I know when we talked to uh, Jordan Caroline a couple, a couple years back, it said it took him three games to finally get the groove back. So that might be something that's lacking. But we mentioned it, like, Nevada's three-point shooting was just god-awful against San Francisco State. Uh, it took until the very, like, last few minutes of the game for someone not named Caleb Martin to make a three. And that's, like, and Caleb Martin didn't even play, like, that great. He shot two of nine. But then you have players like Corey Henson who shot 0 of seven. Like, I understand Nevada. Like, I understand these. it's – it might be a different atmosphere playing in the Virginia Street gym. That might have a, like an effect. Like I know, I know I've watched stories from players like when they play uh, in the NCAA tournament in the finals when they're playing in like a big football stadium. That affects it. So it, that might have been something like that affected like uh, the player a player's psyche. But this is something that needs to change. Caleb uh, Martin's going to be the leading scorer pretty much every game. That's a guarantee. Uh, and it'll be Nevada has to just step up on defense. We mentioned uh, the first half just being struggle, allowing 39 points, but in the second half only allowing 17. And that's something I think must must also like that grit factor, that willing to dive after loose balls, contest every single shot. That's something we didn't see in the first. That's something we didn't see in the Washington game. We also didn't see that in the first half of the San Francisco State game. But I remember watching. In the Virginia Street gym, the second half, Nevada dive after loose balls, contest a lot of shots. And so I think if Nevada can carry over the second half momentum, we'll be fine. But it's just looking at the first three three halves of the two exhibition games that worries me. Yeah, I <clears throat> I agree. I think I think we're gonna be fine. Um 
I think we're gonna be fine against BYU. I think we're gonna be fine when the season starts, just because of the talent we have um, with the Twins and JC and Porter. Um, just the only thing I'm worried about is our our shooting. I mean, we've touched on it already. It's just we can't we can't be a top ten team and shoot the way we we have been shooting. Um, I was really excited to see the transfers come out and show what they can do. Um, I mean. I still love them, and they're 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 gonna do great this season, I believe. But late, like the past two games have been disappointing in my eyes. Um, like you said, Corey Henson went 0 from 8 from the field, 0 for 7 from the three point line. Um, that's that's just not good. And you have Jazz Johnson, another person that we thought was gonna have a huge impact from the three point line. Um, he went 0 for 2, 1 for 3 from the field. I don't know if it's just like you said, if it was rust or if it's um, nerves, or if they're playing in a different court, I don't know, but um, I think it's definitely something that is a little bit alarming going into the first game of the season, um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, hopefully, like you guys were talking about, hopefully it's just Russ. Um, obviously, Garrett, when you talked to Caroline a couple of years ago, it did take him a couple of games to get into it. Um, hopefully those couple games aren't too much into the regular season. I mean, just take a look at our first couple of games. I definitely agree with you, Austin. We can take care of BYU. Um, we've got easy games against Pacific and Little Rock and California Baptist. Um, I think our first real challenge is going to be Loyola, you know, in the end of November. And that's when we kick off against USC and Arizona State and things like that. So... I think if we take those first few games, obviously we need to win these games. Um, I'm hopefully predicting we maybe lose one game this season. Um, that'd be great if we didn't lose any. But um, we need to take these games and, you know, um, figure out. And it's just a mental preparation for the upcoming real games against Loyola and especially when we get into conference play. But, um, yeah, I don't know what it is either, um, whether it's just, yeah, the rust, um, the fact that, you know, it's – just a changing atmosphere and a changing team. Like Garrett, like you said, we're changing from, you know, a shooter and three-point specialist type team to, you know, we're going to be, you know, down low in the block, just, you know, being aggressive down there. Um, but definitely we need somebody to step up, and hopefully it's these transfers. We need to have some kind of uh, mid-range and long-range game. We need to at least be able to have some guys that we can, you know, uh, dish it out to in the three and, you know, actually open up down low in the block. So we're just going to have to see, but I think we should be fine, especially with the first couple of games who we're playing. Now, you mentioned the first tough game is low Chicago, but I, I honestly think the toughest – probably you got to look at – you can't overlook any games in this league, in, in, this, in college basketball. You saw what happened with Nevada at San Francisco – or when we played San Francisco in – some tournament down in Vegas uh, around the new year, and we, we we lost, and that ultimately hurt Nevada's seeding in in the tournament. Granted that if it wasn't for the seeding, who knows if we would have made it to the Sweet 16 and yada yada. But looking at the Nevada's first opponent, it is BYU. BYU is a very good team. Last year they went 24 and 11. They went 11 and 7 in the Big West Conference. Outside of home, they they kind of struggled like. Their home record is thirteen and three, but outside of home, they went a total of eleven and eight. Uh, they they played Alabama. That was a tournament team last year. They that was a close game, a close loss. They beat uh, New Mexico, who happened to be the three seed in the Mountain West tournament this past year. They beat Utah State, another Mountain West team. But then they like they beat Utah, a team Nevada plays this year. They played St. Mary's, like the second best team in that conference, really close. 
a couple matchups. Uh, one matchup with Gonzaga was close. So I think it'll be really interesting to see. This is a team that's good, and I think uh, Nevada has to has to prove that they're worth the number seven ranking in the nation. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, BYU. I mean, I saw a statistic somewhere that they have won twenty games. I think the past like four or five years. So they're they're not a bad team. I mean, they they keep coming out and winning these games. Um, but I think Nevada ultimately has the game. Um. I'm excited to see what transfer Treshawn Thurman can do. I believe he could be Nevada's fifth man. Um, I mean, he he had a really, really good game against San Francisco State. He was the type of guy that was like running after loose balls. I mean, he was I mean, he was everywhere. He he only played um, 15 minutes, but he had uh, he had fifth or no, he had 15 points. He only played 18 minutes. He had uh, six rebounds. One assist, one steal, one block. I mean, he was everywhere. He had a really good game. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, but it will be a good test against BYU. They're not, they're not a, just a uh, team that we can just steamroll over. But I think if we can play the the game and the way we can play, not the game we have been playing, but the way we can play, I think we can win. BYU returns two of their top three scorers from last year. They, you got Yoli Childs, uh, but he averaged 17 points last year on what 54% shooting from the field which is really good. They also returned TJ Hawes, a uh, another big player who averaged 11 points. Uh those they had three total players average above 10 points and two of them are coming back. Sure they don't return the top score, but it's still interesting to see how uh how the team changes because I don't know anything about the new freshmen or whatnot. But it seems like this is a team made up of a lot of veteran guys. You got a lot of juniors and seniors on this team. So, and I think this is a test you you can't overlook it. Like, it always it's always important how you start a season. And there's no better feeling than getting the start with a dominating victory. We saw last year we played uh, in the early season. We played Rhode Island. We played Davidson. Those were tough teams that Nevada was able to crush on their way to making a top 25 ranking. So I think if we've come out with that same energy we had uh, at the beginning of last year, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. Um, just going back to my comment when I you know, said, you know, our real challenge is Loyola. Obviously, in any sport you play, you have to, you know, play each game one game at a time. I'm just saying, you know, from a coaching's perspective that you have to, like, realistically, you got to look at these games. And BYU – yeah, give credit to them. They've been having great seasons, but you also have to look that in their conference, the only challenges they do have is Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Nobody else in that conference really does much. I mean, you can kind of say the same with us, but, you know, we're also, you know, playing one of the toughest schedules we have ever had. So I just, I'm just saying, look at it, you know, objectively that, you know, truly our toughest challenge is going to be Loyola. Obviously that could change when it comes to, that Tuesday game on election day, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully we do come out with, you know, a dominating win and start off the season, just crushing BYU. Um, but something's going to change in these next six days of practice, you know, for our defense to actually, you know, give us enough margin. So it is a dominating win. So these are, this offense can figure out what are they doing from the three point line? Yeah. I, I, I agree with you guys for sure. It's the way we start off the season. It's huge. Um, our first game can literally tell us everything that we need to know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the, up to the defense. 
Um, I think I don't think we're gonna have a problem scoring. You know, we have scores on the team. Granted, we weren't we didn't shoot well against San Francisco State, but I I I don't have worries in our scoring ability. I do have worries, however, in our defensive ability, and that's what I'm excited to see against BYU. You know, are we gonna come out and man? Um, we saw zone against San Francisco State. Are we gonna see more zone against BYU? Um, I'm I'm excited to see that if if we have made strides to get better, um, but I think BYU is going to be able. We're going to be able to see a lot from that first game, especially because they aren't a bad team. But it's going to be a great test. I mean, the way you start off the season, that first game means a lot to the team, in my opinion. This is a very veteran team in uh, the BYU Cougars. Their coach Dave Rose has been the head coach of there since 2005, and looking at last year. They made it to the first round of the NIT, so they just missed the cut for the tournament where they eventually would lose to Stanford. But I think, I think the team, I think the team will be fine. I think we'll be cu- uh, cutting down the nets at the end of the regular season. We'll win the Mountain West. There's no like San Diego State's the only ta- only challenge really for us, and they're they're a very tough team. But I think the real the real challenge will be to see how we play in Mountain West, whether or not there's a slip up or not. And like we got to focus, we got to beat the teams we're supposed to beat. The toughest game will probably be USC, USC or ASU. They're both very good teams, and I think it'll be interesting to see how this uh, how this game will be. If you look at last year's season opener, we unveiled three different banners. Uh, it was for the tournament, the regular season Mountain West title, and the conference title. And the conference tournament title, but then also we had the uh, special camo uniforms, and we had the national anthem painter, I th- I believe. So it'll be interesting to see what 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 all athletics pulls out of their bag of tricks this year. I know Eric Musselman wants to go uh, grand for this, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I mean, we're gonna be unraveling some banners again, um, regular season champion, Sweet Sixteen. Um, which will be cool to see. Um, I'm excited to see what our first uniform is going to be like with the Adidas era, you know, first game, first regular season game. Um, you know, we, we might see the classic uniforms that we saw, the white and blue that they already revealed, but hopefully we can get a cool, like, first uh, regular season game, unis like we did last year. We all know what Muss is like. He's, he wants to go big. He wants to make statements. So hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to see something. But I think... Garrett, touching on what you said, I think the biggest thing was um, not losing to teams that we should be winning against. You know what I mean? Not losing to teams that we should be blowing out. If we can keep winning the games that we're supposed to be winning, I think we're going to have a very successful season. We can't have those slip-ups like we did last year. Um, it was against University of San Francisco, I think we already said, uh, in Vegas. We can't have those slip-ups again. We need to beat the teams we're supposed to beat, especially in the Mountain West Conference. Um, we can't be slipping up, losing to teams um likes of you know san jose state i mean that would be just horrible but we can't we can't be slipping up we need to be winning the games we need to win and um i think we're gonna have a fun great long season yeah i think it's gonna be a great season um just continuing on what you're saying austin um yeah we definitely need to take care of the wins that we need to be taking care of um when it comes to being a ranked team some of these wins should be automatic especially when we're playing teams um like i mentioned um before you know, just some of the really, really easy games, uh, especially when we get in conference play San Jose State. Um, we play UNLV. UNLV's program was trash these past couple of years. So, and w- losing to them last year was definitely that really, really sucked. 
and we should not have lost them lost to them on that aspect but yeah i'm excited for the season hopefully we do have you know some uniforms i think must is probably working very closely with the athletic department and adidas themselves to get you know some you know customizable jerseys that we did in the past i think that was one of the coolest things besides how successful we were last year was the fact that you never knew what jerseys we were going to wear it was kind of a it gained it Got the crowd involved and the fans involved, too. I remember when we went to the tournament, there was a vote on one of the games. Hey, which jerseys should we take? Which jerseys should we wear? So the fans definitely get invested in that, and it just gives an identity to the team. Um, I mean, even some of the jerseys people hate, the pink jerseys, I loved them. You know, it was kind of interesting. You don't see any team in the NCAA wearing pink jerseys on the court and kicking everybody's ass. You know, it's kind of interesting to see. It's great to see. Um, maybe we'll get surprised with the jersey, maybe not, but I have faith in that Muss is definitely working on something for this game. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. We'll have all the news when, if if something hap- like that happens. But with this being said, we are going to take a quick break and then jump into a little bit of soccer recap. Turning to winter, uh, we start now seeing sports co- seasons come to an end. And this past weekend, we said goodbye to Nevada women's soccer team. They did not end their season according to plan. They did not make the Mountain West tournament. Four teams only make the Mountain West soccer tournament. And earlier in the earlier in the year, we we boasted about their best best start in in ten plus years. They started the season 3-0-1, and, and then after that point, it went downhill. Yeah, no, we talked earlier, Garrett. I remember we brought in... We brought in uh, Ellie Small. Ellie Small, that was her name. Um, I remember talking to her. Um, we were so hyped for their season. They were doing so well. It was She was hyped for the season. Everything was going so well for them. And then it seemed like ever since we've had that interview... It's just they've, you know, hit miscue after miscue and just misstep after misstep. It's unfortunate to see them, you know, unfortunately go from the top of the standings and slowly sink their way down to almost um, a dead last. It's honestly, it's heartbreaking to watch, um, especially for, you know, we've been talking about for weeks is trying to get, you know, fans out to these uh, sporting events is because they have poor attendance. And, you know, we talked about in the beginning of the year is, hey, they're doing good, let's get everyone out there. And then, unfortunately, it just it never came to fruition, and it kind of sucks. Um, I know they're probably really disappointed it's not the way the season wanted to go. I'm sure for a lot of the seniors it was kind of a little heartbreaking, but hopefully they rebound next year. Yeah, I mean, we can always, <clears throat> we can always look towards the next season. You know, we can always say – Hopefully they do better. But, I mean, on on the 
the bright side of it, I mean, there's not a lot to take away, but on the bright side of it, we did better than last year, right? They won one game last year. Um, lost, I think, Garrett, you said 17 straight last year? Yeah, they went 1-18 last year, lost 17 in a row. Right, so... I mean, four from one wins to four wins. I mean, that's that's not bad. Um, we we won a game in the conference this season, so that's good. Um, but I think we can we can look towards the bright side and say maybe next year and the following years to come, um, women's soccer can definitely pick up and become one of the top teams in the Mountain West. Hopefully, looking at last year's team, we alluded to this last year. They were plagued with injuries. We mentioned it with the LA small injuries. Very, very high number of concussions, which did not know were very common in soccer. But looking at the team, this team is built on a lot of young players. Uh, the Peyton Lee, a freshman, led the team in scoring. I remember uh, she got off to a fantastic start in the season, cooled down a little bit, but she led the team with five total points, four goals, and one assist. Two of her goals were game-winning goals, so that's good to see. But it is, it's interesting to see the no, actual number of people who attend women's soccer game. We, we try to do all the promotion we can, but even, even like with football, we don't see good numbers. So it ha, there obviously has to be a, there's some translation about the product on the field and the fans in the crowd. I remember when uh, we were there for the, the New Mexico game, uh, there were about 50 people in the stands. Mm-hmm. And... Granted, that was a Sunday afternoon at, like, 1 o'clock, so that might have had the effect, but, like, I've been there Thursday night games, uh, Friday night games. The attendance isn't great, and this is something I don't know how you work on. Like, you can't force people to go to games, and so I don't know how you fix an attendance for a sport that isn't doing well because when Nevada basketball wasn't very good, we saw terrible numbers. Eric Musselman came in, returned around the program, and we, we we see sellouts now. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the correlation is you got, I mean, more fans, you have to get the more fans out there, you have to be winning, right? I mean, that's the, that's the correlation. Fans don't want to sit through a game and then see them their team lose. Gary, I think you, you touched on it just perfectly. I mean, Musselman, it took Musselman to come in here and change the, the culture and the team around to get fans out there. But maybe that's something we see with soccer. I don't know. We we definitely need something though. I I agree. When we when we went to the game, I I was surprised when he said fifty, <laughs> but there there wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of people um, at all. So fifty might have been on the high side. I, maybe it takes someone like a new coach or something to come in here and just really reamp this program to get us on the right track. Because while we are getting a little bit better, it's still you know four wins isn't something to be proud of in my opinion. So. We definitely need something to reamp this team. Yeah, it needs, and I don't know whether it's bringing in, like you said, a new coach like we did with Musselman and the basketball team. Um, and normally, in years past, I would have said, you know, this is just a culture thing. Soccer uh, in general over here, especially in Nevada, is not a huge thing. Especially in the United States, it's kind of not a huge thing. It does take, you know, third or fourth seat out of the four major sports. But that's not the case anymore. Is If you look at 1868, 1868, is really popular here in Reno. A bunch of people go to those games. I remember when we were talking to Ali, they're trying to cash in on that. You know, they have the 1868 team come to their games. They go to their games. They do things with them. And it was kind of working. I haven't heard much about that ever since. I haven't, you know, I don't know whether they need a better partnership with the 1868 
um, what's going on with that. I don't know if they need to bring in not necessarily another head coach, but like somebody just straight up just to work on promotion and PR for them because it's just not happening. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I don't even know when the games are. I'll run into Garrett and he's like, you going to the soccer game? And I'm like, didn't even know there was one. Okay. Um, it's kind of it's difficult and it's difficult for like people like us if we don't know the game could you imagine people who generally don't go they're not going to have a slightest clue what's going on a lot of people don't even know we have a soccer team here they just assume Mackey Stadium is football and football only they don't realize that we play soccer there as well I don't know what to do if there was one clear-cut answer I'm sure by now someone would have found it it's probably just a combination of you know things to do and things to change so there are some things in the work of getting an interview with a soccer player on the show again, see what went wrong. It's been a at least 10 years since Nevada's had a winning record uh, in soccer. And you mentioned the 1868. One of the big things with the 1868 is the Battleborn Brigade. They're very loud. They're very annoying. Uh, and so when we played Hawaii uh, the, in, the seat, in the conference opener, they, there were a few fans out there. This was a Thursday night game, and there were fans. They had their drums. They had their – that was the largest crowd I remember seeing at a game this year. So I, I think it's going to take more, a lot more fan support. There has to be a reason to invest in, in this team. There has to be a reason why you should go and watch. When, when Eric Musselman took over, took over the coaching job, there was skepticism at first. He didn't have the sellouts in that first year. So it took time of building. Team continues to go with Coach O. Uh, you got to be patient. Success is coming. You we saw great success. You saw better success this year than you did last year. So I you gotta you gotta keep working towards getting better for next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what's gonna ultimately improve the fan base is is winning. I mean, you have to. The team has to prove to the fans that they're they're the real deal and that they should come out and watch them. I totally agree. Hopefully, we can continue to get better. I mean, the trend's on the up, even though it's not much. It's 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 still better. You know, it's still better than last year. The trend's still going up. So, if we can get uh, crowd support, that'd be great. But I think the team just needs to prove to the supporters and to the fan base, to the school that they that they're the real deal, and we should we should get behind them. Yeah, definitely. I think there is. There is a fan base for it. I know Mm -hmm. there is a bunch of people that, you know, like soccer here at the university. If you just look at the intramurals, there are tons of teams. Uh, The the amount of players playing on those teams uh, fills up so quickly. So there's definitely a fan base for it. It's just, you know, like you guys talked about, we have to actually start winning. That's Mm -hmm. just – that's – if you're going to start anywhere, it's right there. You have to actually put up and shut up, you know, put up or shut up, and you need to win some games. Um, obviously that's more of, you know, a logistical thing when it comes to the head coach and the team and what they're doing. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but like you said, Austin, it is on the up. It's slow. Went from winning one game last year to four this year. So it's a slow process, you know, maybe in the next couple of years, we see this come to fruition. Hopefully now that the season's over, we have until next August, the players have until next August to get better. And it'll be interesting to see how. With with now winning four games instead of one, whether or not we have more home games, this was something I've talked to multiple people, and it's like it struck you struggle to bring in uh, have home games when you when you're bad, so that's something we saw in Nevada. They they 
they only had seven home games in comparison to 11 road games. So that's something we would obviously like to see it see more home games. And it's hard it's hard to pay attention to a sport when you don't you see them at home for the first game and then you don't see them at home for another month. So that's something that's hard to keep interest, and it's it's nice for football when we have okay, there's 12 total games, six are at home, six are on the road. Basketball is, you will we'll schedule a lot of home games, we'll schedule a lot of road games, so you know you know when games are, and so that's something I think that with more people using the Nevada Wolfpack app, you'll know that more events are happening, so you come out and support the lesser known teams like soccer, volleyball, softball, baseball for like baseball doesn't do well attendance. The only real sports that the only real sport that does well in attendance wise based on stadium capacity is basketball. I agree. It it takes a lot to get fans out to these smaller um the smaller sports. I think no matter what, like with baseball, we have seen a little bit of a trend upwards on the attendance just because of how well they have been doing. I mean, they've been doing well. They've been going to the Mountain West tournament baseball's doing really well it's just it's just the correlation of how the teams are doing you know what i mean it really takes that turnaround like we've been talking about it really takes that turnaround to get attendance out there yeah lately you're right with the basketball attendance i mean lately we haven't even been seeing good attendance at all with football so the only team the only sport that's been really doing good is basketball and that's attributed to the culture that must has set and set up and the amount of uh, games we're able to win yeah, I think it's just also culture in general when it comes to college sports. Is you ask any incoming freshman, you know, name name some sports that we play here at the college, and immediately they're going to play football and basketball. They're not going to know that we have a soccer team. They're not going to know that we have a volleyball team and softball or baseball team. That has to do a little bit of factor in it, too, because if you just look at the aesthetic of college, you think of college basketball and March Madness. You think of college football just Saturdays. That's what you do is football. So... It's definitely changing the culture on that. Um, baseball, the like we've like you said, Austin. There's been an uptick just because they're doing so well. But that's also a struggle as well because if you look at the placement of the baseball field, not a lot of people, especially the freshmen, don't even know where that is. They wouldn't know how to get there. Um, a lot of those games are, you know, the older generation, the alumni come back watching the games, and you know, people who live off campus and have been here for a couple of years and know where the stadium or the baseball stadium is. Don't even get me started on softball. Nobody knows how to freaking get to those games. Let me tell you, I've been here for a year and a half, and I still don't understand. I think you go off Valley or something like that. I'm pretty sure. Lawler and Mackey are just easily accessible. Lawler, you can't miss because you drive anywhere on Virginia Street, you can see it. Mackey's kind of tucked away a little bit, but, you know, that's just college football. Basketball has changed it just because of the culture, like you said, Austin, with Musselman coming in and doing so well. And I think it's a little bit of, you know, you have that atmosphere of being inside and, you know, that place gets rocking, especially when it comes to December, January, there's nothing else to do. It's way too cold to do anything. So people are like, oh, let's just go to the basketball game. This show really does come full circle in talking about football and attendance earlier in the show with what Norvell said on how to get people out for senior night. But this is this is all the time we have for today's show. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? Uh n- not much, honestly. Um, six days away from the BYU game. Uh, definitely pack Lawler. Um, we need to start you know, defending Lawler straight off from the beginning. Uh, that's going to be a really busy day. I know it's election day, so do your voting early and come out uh, later that night and watch Wolfpack kick some BYU ass. Let's go.
Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely get out and watch the BYU game. Guys and whoever's listening, fans, this BYU game is the first step to the Final Four. So uh, get out and support your uh, basketball team for sure. And with that being said, that is all the time we have. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week.